thank God for seeing us through pandemic and so many hazards. And we are witnessing another health week. Every year, the Nigerian Baptist Convention makes uh, programs like this for its members to edify their soul medically. And this year, last year, because of the pandemic, uh, we could not meet, there was no uh, topic. But this year, the director of the Medical and Health Services of the Nigerian Baptist Convention deemed it fit to, for us to talk about a very important disease that's ravaging the society now. And they want us to talk about women, especially women health care. And specifically, we'll be talking on cancer. That is the awareness of cervical and breast cancers. So today, that's what we'll be dwelling on. Next slide, please. And we'll be treating this topic under the following headings. Next slide. Cancer is a very terrible, devastating disease. I know most of us here has had one thing or two about cancers. Some of us might have uh, relatives who have suffered this condition. Some have passed away. Now what is trending in the world is, especially Nigeria, is the rate at which people are coming down with cancers. Before, cancers were not so rampant the way we see them. But now, they are rampant. So why are they rampant now? Why are they common now? These are issues we will discuss as we go along. So, by way of introduction, cancer is an age-long disease and it's as old as medicine itself. It's a disease that has existed for so long and it's also a genetic disease in its origin. It's genetic in the sense that Cancer comes about, normally our, our body system is composed of cells. Cells. Those cells aggregate together to form tissues, organs like kidney, liver, bladder. So normally the body has a regulator, gene, they call it gene, to regulate the function of these cells, to regulate the, uh, the production of these cells. These cells, they grow and die and the body gets rid of them. But in the case of cancer, when a cell keeps multiplying, uncontrollable, that is the hallmark of cancer. When those cells are destroyed and they become cancerous, then they grow there's no control, there's no limit. They keep on growing. 
That is why one of the characteristics of cancer is swelling. You see a small tissue over a time, it keeps on growing, it becomes enlarged. So that is cancer. And there's no age group that is paired. Cancer can affect children, can affect young people, adults, the old, both male and female. And it does not have any respect for social status. Whether you are rich, you are poor, cancer can affect you. How does cancer come about? What is the cause of cancer? Next slide, please. There are genetic factors and hereditary factors. I explain a little bit of genetics. There are some people who are prone or are born to have cancer. Science don't know why. And at the same time, there are people who can inherit these cancers from their parents. We'll get to know some of those cancers that one can inherit from the parents. That is the number one factor. But this group are just about 10 to 15 percent of all cases of cancers. We have another group we call environmental factors. Environmental factors that can predispose us, that can make us to have cancers. We have things like radiation, like if you see the sun rays, if they are too strong for the body, it can damage our skin and it can cause skin cancer, depending on the amount of exposure to those rays. Tobacco, cigarette smoking, cigar smoking, pipe smoking, in whatever form tobacco is smoked, has been implicated as a cause of cancer. Diet, the food we eat, there are certain foods that we eat that has been established that they can lead to cancers. We'll explain them in details. Then sedentary and obesity. Sedentary lifestyle, that is, uh, let me put it, life of Omolowo, uh, uh, that he wants everything to be done for him. He sits down, they serve him. He wants to watch TV, he sits down, use the remote. He's always in the AC. He's not in, indulging in any activities. He's living like a king. Sedentary lifestyle can lead one to cancers and obesity people who are very fat is another risk factor to cancer social lifestyle social lifestyle when we talk about social lifestyle we talk about how the kind of things that we do tobacco smoking alcohol drinking promiscuous behavior indiscriminate uh, having sexual intercourses, those are habits that can lead us to some of these cancers. We'll get to see how these things happen in some of these cancers. The environmental factors are the largest factors that causes cancer. 
That is in most of the cancers are associated with about 75% uh, of uh, environmental factors, those ones that I have just enumerated. These factors, these environmental factors, are factors that are outside the body, is the environment. What we get ourselves exposed to leads us to some of these cancer. But the good news about the environmental factors or the risk factors is that some of these cancers can be prevented. They can be prevented if we avoid some of these things that we said they are harmful and they can cause cancer. And some of them we can avoid them. We can avoid them by stopping smoking, by uh, indulging in discriminate uh, sexual affairs. All these things can make, I mean, can prevent us from having some of these uh, cancers. Next slide. Sorry, the slides are not too clear there. They are too small. So I will be taking these factors one by one. Another issue that we have in the environment now about cancers is our non-challenged attitude to, to listen to programs about health or to go to hospital to seek advices on our health. Then low patronage of screening programs. Low patronage in the sense that we don't go for checkups. We don't go to check ourselves whether there's something wrong. You don't go to hospitals only when you are sick. You can go to hospital to do checkup, to find out whether something is wrong. Especially when you are men and women, if you are getting to the age of 40 and above. You need to do checkup, regular checkup. Then the problem we have in some of these cancers in, uh, in our environment, in our society, is that most of them present at an advanced stage, very late stage, where little or nothing can be done to help them. Then our eating habits, poor nutritional status. We don't eat good food. We eat junk food. Eating meat pie, ice cream, salad, and all those things. Those things are not helping us. Some of us will say we are ignorant of it. Ignorance is no excuse. Ignorance is no excuse. We've heard about cancers and we keep on talking about cancers. This is another opportunity for you to hear about cancers. So you cannot say, I don't know. Then we also have problem with our government in the man management of cancers. They've not really helped, unlike other diseases like HIV. Cancer management is very, very expensive. Cancer management is very, very expensive. Cancer can make a rich man to be poor. It will drain every resources. So the earlier we start to prevent it, the only weapon we have now is to prevent some of these cancers. Though some of them are not uh, preventable. Like those ones that can be passed from one 
person to the other in terms of uh, hereditary. But there are other things that one can do to safeguard oneself from getting it. So these are the norms in our environment. When we talk of lifestyle, early active sex below the age of 17 years is a very big risk factor in the course of cervical cancer. This one goes to our young ladies. Having premarital sex predisposes you, you have the risk of having cervical cancer. Sexual promiscuity, that is having multiple sexual partners, predisposes you to cervical cancer. Then diet, I made mention of diet. Like saturated, we call them saturated food that are rich in fats. We should try as much as possible to avoid them. Alcohol and tobacco, I've made mention of them. No alcohol. Tobacco or cigarette smoking. Even if you are not smoking and you are always in the company of people who smoke, you are also at risk. They call them passive smokers or secondhand smokers. Their risk is even twice of that of smokers of the, having and uh, developing lung cancer. Then highly refined food, diets, I've talked about it, like all these uh, burgers, cheese, and all those things. They are not good for our health. Then other things that can cause cancer, that are known to cause cancer, are even the cancer drugs themselves that they use in treating cancer. Some of them are known to cause cancer. We also have drugs. We call them immunosuppressive drugs that if somebody wants to, uh, like if they donate kidney to someone, they need to give certain drugs to kill the sensitivity of the system, to destroy that organ. So some of these drugs too are known to cause cancers. We have hormones, menopausal estrogens. There are some women who have reached menopause stage. They no longer produce estrogen. The estrogen hormones are female hormones that beautify them, makes their skin fresh. But because of old age or menopause, when those hormones have ceased, the skin starts to wrinkle. But there are some women that still want to be sweet sisters. So they go for these drugs, hormonal replacement therapy, we call it. Some of these hormones too can cause cancer. Then we have steroids. Steroids, these are drugs usually used by wrestlers to build their muscles. In fact, People have started using it even amongst the society just to make them look big. It's also known to cause cancer. Then oral contraceptive pills. Those pills that you use in 
Uh, some using controlling uh, menses, some uses to prevent pregnancy. Usage of this for a long period, especially before you start to have children, giving birth can also cause some cancers. Then another common drug, paracetamol. The abuse of paracetamol. There are people that if they have not taken paracetamol in a day, they are not fine. They take it morning, afternoon, night, every day, 24-7. Paracetamol has been known to cause some kidney cancers. So we have to be very careful. It's not every headache or body pains that you must take paracetamol. So these are some of these drugs, some of the drugs that are known to cause cancers. Then we now come to the main topic, that is the awareness of female cervical, I mean, cancers. And we have two common cancers that we are going to talk about today. The cervical cancer and the breast cancer. The cervix is only found in females. The cervix and is the portion of the womb. is part of the womb. Is the one that opens up during labor to allow the baby to descend. So cervix, cervical cancer is a very common cancer among women, even in our environment. It is known to be the fourth, number four, most common cancer in women. Worldwide, we have over 530 new cases of cervical cancer are identified each year. And 270, that is more than half, deaths are recorded from this. You can see how terrible it is. 85% of these deaths occur in low-middle-income countries. Nigeria is an example of low-income countries. And we account for 10% of those deaths. Most of these cases present very late to the hospital. And in which case, it's only very little thing that can be done for them. It's just to give supportive treatment. So what are the risk factors? That is, those things that can likely cause cervical cancer. The most important risk factor for cervical cancer is lack of screening or lack of accessible cervical screening services. Now, NGOs are going about screening people free of charge for cervical cancer. We should try as much as possible to avail ourselves for, uh, to these screening centers. The risk factor, other risk factors is parity. Cervical cancer is common among people who have given birth, at least two or more births. It's commoner in them than people who have never given birth to any child. 
age is common among people who are 35 years and above. Another important risk factor is age at first intercourse. The age as first, at first intercourse. That is the age at which a female first uh, meets a man. Let me put it that way. We, in the female genital tract, usually cervical cancer, if children are females who have sexual intercourse before the age of 17, are prone to have cervical cancer. They are prone. And the reason is that the genital tract is not fully matured at that period. So there's higher chance of damage to the lining. And there's higher chance of infection entering into that place. This goes on to destroy the architecture. That is the, the, the foundation of that place. And it can lead to cervical cancer. So this is one of the take-home mothers to your children, especially the females. You should try as much as possible to guide them and guard them very well so that they don't get exposed at an early age to sexual intercourse. Then, what are the clinical features? That means, what are the signs and symptoms of somebody that has developed cervical cancer? Usually, they present with watery vaginal discharge, which is all often offensive, that is smelling, brownish, or blood stain. They do have what we call poiscota, that is each time they meet their man during intercourse, they bleed. That's another pointer to uh, cervical uh, cancer. Then at times they do have infrequent bleeding. Their periods are not stable. In a month, they could have four or five bleeding episodes. At times, they could have frequent urination with pains or without pain. They could have lower abdominal pain or waist pain. And they might be, since they lose blood, they can be short of blood and become anemic. They have weight loss and very weak. What is the treatment modality? The treatment of cervical cancer is either surgery, operation, or radiotherapy, or a combination of both. To achieve best results, you need a team of doctors to work on such patients. You need the gynecologist, you need the radiotherapist, you need the pathologist, you need experts in cancer therapy, who they call the oncologist. Times they would even have to invite people specialists in kidney management. 
In our environment, radiotherapy is favored as the treatment of choice. Even during treatment, there are still complications. Like those who go for surgery, they lose a lot of blood. So they might need transfusion. They are infected. The wound becomes infected. At times, they have bladder injuries, whereby they will be passing urine uncontrollable. They can't control it. These are some of the complications of surgery. You can see that even with the treatment, there are still problems. Even the radiotherapy too, there are still problems. The radiotherapy, what it means that there are some rays, x-rays that they pass through the inside of a woman to destroy those cancer cells. But in the process, they also destroy some viable organs. At times, they could have uh, the, the, the vaginal wall could be matted together. So the treatment, we don't wait till when you get to that stage. And that is why we're emphasizing on this risk factor. We should try as much as possible to avoid them so that we don't get there. I'm going to talk on, on the prevention after presenting the breast cancer. The next cancer common to women is breast cancer. Breast cancer is the most frequently diagnosed life-threatening cancer in women and the leading cause of cancer death among women. Of all the cancers among women, breast cancer is the leading cause. Breast cancer is a slow-growing tumor. It takes time. It can be in the system for as long as 10 years, and it will be growing. It is commoner in developed countries in the Western world, though it's not as common in Nigeria. But with the trend of things, it's becoming common. It's becoming common. In the developed world, the mortality, that is the disease itself with this complication, is very less because they have good equipment to manage them. But unlike ours, we don't have. We don't even have screening centers. The government does not have screening centers for the, for the masses to go. What are the risk factors of breast cancer? What are the things that can likely cause breast cancer? Menarche, that is the age at first menstruation in life. The older the age, the lower the risk of breast cancer. That means if like uh, most uh, children or females who menstruate at the age of 15, 16. But if you are unfortunate and you menstruate 18, 19, 20, is a protective something for you against breast cancer. That's what it means. Breastfeeding 
is also protective. It is known that people who breastfed their babies have lower risks to developing cancer. Then people who use oral contraceptives, pills, either to prevent pregnancy or to control menstruation, they have 25% increase in the risk to develop cancer. So we should be careful the way we take mini pills. We should be careful the way we take mini pills. I'm not saying if a doctor prescribes for you, make sure you take it for that period. But don't abuse it by continuously taking it. There are also diets that are known, like eating of too much of fat can predispose you, make you to have uh, to develop cancer. Obesity, I've made, uh, I've talked about that. Then there's a strong family history in some in breast cancers, especially among first degree relatives. What I mean by first degree relatives, like a mother, a sister, and a sibling. If the mother has, it's possible the sister of the mother could have. And their children too, female children, it's possible they could have cancer. So once you have this at the back of your mind, that you have a strong family history, then you uh, let your children, female children, to go for screening. We are going to talk about screening. So that these things, when they are identified on time, it can easily be prevented to cause cancer. What are the signs and symptoms of breast cancer? Early breast cancer may be asymptomatic. That is no symptoms, no pain no discomfort. But there are some signs like having a lump in the breast. It could present as having changes in the size of the breast or the shape. At times, the skin of the breast will change. The skin of the breast in cancer looks like the, the back of an orange. You see there are some tiny, tiny dots. The peel of an orange. That is how the skin, the cancerous skin of a breast looks like. Then another sign is the nipple, the shape of the nipple. Instead of protruding out, it will, at times it will go inside. It's not all nipples that are inverted, they are going inside, they are cancerous. Some people, right from, maybe when they've been breastfeeding or this thing, their nipple has been that, has been like that. So it's not every nipple that goes in. But all these things, when they come together, makes us suspect that this is cancer. At times, the nipple can discharge blood. 
can discharge usually one of the breasts, nipple. When you press it, it brings out blood. At times you could feel a lump in the armpit. You could feel a lump in the armpit. So these are the signs and symptoms of cancer, of cancer of the breast. The treatment, surgery, hormone therapy, chemotherapy, surgery is removal of the whole breast. Then it's not only that they might still place the person on chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is just drugs through the veins. And those drugs are very toxic. They are very toxic in the sense that some will even lose the whole of their hairs when they are on it. It's a very terrible treatment. So don't let us wait till we get to that stage. I'm going to tell you about self-breast examination, how we can check ourselves to detect these things early. We now come to prevention. This prevention is general for all the cancers. We've talked about cigarette smoking that can cause lung cancer. So how do we prevent lung cancer? It's to stop smoking or move away from people who smoke. There are government regulations that some public places they should not smoke, but people are still not abiding with it. I told you that even if you don't smoke and you are close to people that smoke, you have two to three percent risks of having, having lung cancer. So we should avoid it. Those who are overweight, they should try to lose weight. Regular exercise is very good. It's very good for not even cancer, for most of the disease, diabetes, hypertension. So we should try as much as possible to indulge ourselves in exercising. At least 30 minutes per day. There's a strong evidence that exercise by, its, exercise by itself reduces the risk of colon and breast cancer. Colon cancer is another common cancer in both sexes. And why it's becoming rampant? I want to make emphasis on that. Is because of our lifestyle, the kind of food we eat. We eat Oyimbo food. Colon cancer is common in the Western world. But now we see cases in Nigeria. So we should try. Go back to those uh, village foods. Amala vegetables. It's very good for our health. We should try and avoid high fatty diet, which is the chief cause of obesity. And you should try and eat daily food from plant source, fresh fruits, vegetables, food from plant source. They are very healthy for us. Then we should eat whole grains. Old grains like corn, millet, uh, brown rice. I don't know whether we have brown rice here. The rice that we eat now, 
they are not too good for our health. Because those things that will help us has been peeled off. It's even better to eat local rice than to eat foreign rice. It's more hygienic and nutritious. Another, in terms of food, we should avoid consuming large amounts of red and preserved meat. Red and preserved meat. Then food that are preserved with salt. We should avoid alcohol. As a child of God, we should abstain from it. Alcohol is known to cause liver cancers. Avoid too much sunlight, particularly if you are fair skin, if your skin is fair, because it can cause cancer of the screen if you are exposed too much. One of the ways we can avoid excessive sun exposure is to have protective clothes or use sunscreens. Another important factor in the causative of cancer is the viruses and bacteria. Viruses and bacteria. They are implicated in some of these cancers. Particularly the cervical cancer. I didn't mention uh, there's a virus they call uh, HPV. HPV is a very common cause of say, uh, cancer of the cervix and is sexually transmitted. So to avoid some of this, as Christians, we should keep one man, one wife, and both keeping to each other, not having affairs outside marriage. This will prevent having multiple sexual partners. Young girls to be discouraged from premarital sexual intercourse because the danger because of the danger of cervical cancer and we should seek medical attention when we are sick not going to chemists not even going to pharmacists they are not trained to identify diseases People have chronic stomach problems, stomach pain, which at times they target as ulcer, especially pains around this region. If you look at this region, it's not only ulcer or stomach, uh, peptic ulcer. It's not only pain here that comes from peptic ulcer. We have organs like pancreas, cancer of the pancreas the head of the pancreas will mimic peptic ulcer and you'll be taking gestid, gestid, gestid until when it gets to a stage that is detected and it cannot be handled. So you should please try and seek appropriate medical care. In the viruses there's uh, what we call H. pylori, which 
is also implicated in some peptic cancer. That H. pylori, if it's not eradicated, because if you are treating ulcer and you are just giving gestid, gestid, and there's a bacteria there you are not treating with antibiotics, that bacteria can lead to stomach, can cause stomach ulcer if it's not eradicated. So how do we screen? How do we screen? Or how do we detect some of these cancers that we talked about? For women, we advocate breast self-examination. Breast self, that means you examine your, your breast yourself. And how do you do that? You stand in front of a mirror. You look at your breast. You look at the size. You look at the shape. Are they equal on both sides? You look at the nipple. You know yourself more than... So if you have been doing that constantly, if there's any change, you will know. You milk it, the nipples, to see if there's a discharge. If there's a bloody discharge, you know, now you have the knowledge. You know you should see your doctor. And if you cannot, then you now examine yourself. You feel for lumps. You feel for lumps. You will have demonstrated that here. But you can see your doctor to teach you more, or a nurse to teach you more about it. So you feel, when you see a lump, then you go and see your doctor. And what the doctor will do is just to remove the lump and subject it to tests. The test comes out. If it's not cancerous, advise you further. You don't just stop there. You continue to check. It's not all lumps in the breast that are cancerous. Some are just benign tumor, fibroadenoma, that they will just remove. It's just uh, tissue, fibrous tissue there. So those are one of the ways we can check ourselves. And you must do yearly examination of the breast and cervix, which the doctor will do it. Another way we can use to detect some of these things is by doing breast ultrasound, breast scan. Breast scan is cheap. There are other more sophisticated tests, like the mammograph. The mammograph is the gold standard. It can pick tiny, tiny uh, lumps that maybe the scan cannot pick, although it's a bit expensive. But it's worth you to do it than to treat breast cancer. There are some cancers that you can use blood to assess whether the patient will present, like ovarian cancer. For cervical cancer, what we do, we call it pap smear. Pap smear is they put an instrument in the can female canal and get some substance there and subject it to test. The test is either normal or there's problem. If there's problem, the doctor treats it. If there's cancer, in cervix, cervical cancer, there are stages. There are some stages that you can easily handle. It's either removing the whole uterus, the whole womb, and the ovaries and subject the person to radiotherapy. 
In Nigeria, we don't commonly do pap smear. But in the developed world, they have age ranges. If you are between 15 to 20 years, you do pap smear once in five years. If you are between 21 and 35 years, you do pap smear one every year or six monthly. And if you are found positive, you continue to do it until uh, you, they manage you if you are positive and you con they continue to review you. If you are between 35 to 65 years, you do it every three, three years and so on. The good thing about cancer of the cervix is that there is vaccination. There is vaccination that when you take prevents you from having cancer of the cervix. But it's not everybody that can take the vaccination. If you are sexually exposed, there's no need for you to take it. So the regime is when a girl is between 9 and 14 years, you can take the vaccine. They can take the vaccine. And the vaccine is just two doses, the first one and after six months. It's available in Nigeria, but expensive. Then, females who are even 15 years and above, if they are proven not to have had sexual intercourse, they can equally take the vaccine. Or either they screen them, they do the HPV test to see whether they've been infected or not. So there is vaccine for cancer of the cervix, but there is no vaccine for breast cancer. Cancer prevention is very cheap when compared to treating cancer. There are some cancer drugs that you buy at the rate of one million. One million, maybe it's just for a cost. You take it in different courses. Maybe you are going to take five courses. And the end result is poor. So why wait till you get to that stage? The importance of screening. Screening saves lives. Early stages are cheaper to manage with single modality. If you have a breast lump, the only thing you do is they do they remove it. At most you spend twenty five thousand to remove it. And you do histology of five thousand, thirty thousand. Will you now wait till when you now get to the stage that they have to remove your breast? They will give you chemotherapy, they will give you radiotherapy, and you just have they are just palliative. Just something to take you for some time before you go. So that's why we are preaching screening, self-breast examination, so that we will not get to that stage. The side effects of screening in early stage are fewer. Quality of life is better. Mortality and uh, that is dead, are far lower in early stage of cancer.
I've said it, the incidence and prevalence of cancer is increasing at an alarming rate. No age group, sex, or social class is spared. All hands must be on deck to prevent cancer and treat cancer. Governments should review their policy, especially when it comes to cancers. We have HIV is free. Drugs for HIV are free. So they should equally make drugs for cancer free. Religious leaders have an important role to play in this by advocacy. We thank them for giving us the opportunity to treat, I mean, to talk about these things so that you will not say, I don't know. Ignorance is not an excuse. Thank you for listening. Praise the Lord. We want to appreciate our doctor for that lengthy lectures he has given us on cancer. I think we may have to entertain about one or two questions. If there is anyone who has any question, can you please indicate by raising up your hand, question on what we have had. Question, anybody with question? Okay, one person. Do we have any other person? Yes, two. Can you please come forward? The two of us with questions, just come forward straight. Ragbin, Gabra, Tunde, and my sister here. Three questions. Okay. All right. No question is coming from those questions. Just stay there. Just sit down in front there. There are seats in front. And I'll start from my sister. Yes, can you please come forward for your question? Let's have a spare microphone, please. Okay, we have one here. Praise the Lord. Uh, see, uh, when he was teaching, he mentioned that breastfeeding, when you are breastfeeding, it reduces the risk of breast cancer. So I'm asking for women we, that are married and they don't have children for 25 to 30 years. And can their husband suck their breast so that they reduce the risk of cancer? Praise the Lord. My own question, sir, is uh, why is it that the drug for cancer is causing cancer? I came in uh, at the latter part of the uh, teaching, but I want to ask uh, about uh, we, we were told that some of us that expose ourselves to Radiations can also be prone to cancer. So, and radiation could be the use of our phones, other things, those gadgets we use. I want emphasis on that, sir, so that we can be also careful of such. I don't know if 
Maybe I didn't listen well or the doctor didn't mention it. Uh, they, are used to, they used to talk of uh, skin cancer. All right. What is the implication of the lotions, the pomades, and other things ladies use uh, as far as uh, skin uh, cancer is concerned? Yes, that is my own question. When doctor was uh, lecturing us, he talked about uh, when someone has uh, that is cancer, cervical, that uh, uh, in treatment or whatever, they will remove the wound or something like that. Does that mean that the person will not be able to give birth again? Thank you very much for your questions. It shows that you were listening. Uh, can the husband suck the, the wife's breast to reduce the risk of cancer? Very funny question. When we talk about breastfeeding, we talk of women who have been pregnant, have delivered, and their breasts, they are lactating talk of lactating, that means there is breast milk coming. But for somebody who is not who pregnant, he has not delivered, there is no way you have a lactating breast. So it's not applicable and it will not reduce the risk of cancer if you suck your husband's breast. I mean you suck <laughs> Sorry, the other way around. Sorry, please. Because of this question, I I have to make mention of this. Male, too, do suffer breast cancer. Male. Men. We do suffer, but the rate is very, just about 1%. And usually at the age of 65 and above. So it's not only females. Yeah. Okay, second question. Why is it that drugs used to treat cancer causes cancer? Honestly, I don't know. I can't explain. Drugs usually give side effects. All drugs have one form of side effects or the other. But the way they produce these side effects, I can't really explain. But maybe those drugs, that's one of their side effects. The ones that are also causing cancer, that's their side effects. Yeah. Exposure to radiation. I'm sorry I didn't emphasize on this. Yes, the kind of radiation that we talk about, exposure to radiation can cause cancers. When we talk of radiation, we talk of UV light, like this sun rays. They are so powerful. I think I made mention of not getting too much exposure to it. Then phones, there has been a lot of uh, myths, I'll call it myths because they've not been confirmed that phone, the radiation, I mean the waves emitted by phones can cause cancer. If you want, some of these things that fly in social medias are not true. If you want 
authentic information about these things. You go to the right side. There's an international agency for research on cancer, which will tell you every year they come up with substances that can cause cancer. Substances in form of maybe uh, uh, chemicals that can cause cancer. They keep, there are so many of them. So, but that particular agency has not come out to say use of phones. And I even, I think, uh, Daddy, you were the one that posted that of uh, the microwave or something like that. Okay. So some of these things are not true. But that doesn't mean, but researches are going on to test whether they can actually cause cancer. Some of these researches take years before they come up with regulations on a particular substance that can cause cancer. But for now, it's not been confirmed that it can cause cancer. Implication of creams used by ladies. Yes, it's possible. Because you don't, some of these creams that are using, you don't know the origin. And you don't, the things they write that it contains might not be true. Might not be true. I know of some creams, bleaching creams, that cause kidney problems, not cancer, kidney problems, especially bleaching creams. So ladies should watch out, watch out. But for cancer, skin of the cancer, I don't have. The last question, the, as per the treatment of cervical cancer, which are, yes, once the womb is gone, the person cannot conceive. It's not even only the womb that it goes. The ovaries, the tubes, the whole uh, uterus, the cervix, everything is completely removed. Even parts of the vagina too is removed. Anywhere that the cancer of the cervix can move, these are spots that they can spread to. So they remove everything entirely. But the person will still live a normal self. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. God bless you. Let's give a round of applause once more.